made it. <laughs> uh, ushers, come on down. We'll take our offering together. Uh, you guys, can I ask you to pray for me over the next few weeks as you uh, heard Kiara say, I'm speaking at that middle school retreat. And um, I could really use your prayers. I, you know, I was a youth pastor for a while, but I, I hope I'm not too rusty. So you can pray for me uh, for a nice little oil can from God and then uh, for, the, for the students as well during that retreat. Also, um, we have uh, a new place. We've committed to cover the month of May for the evening meals at uh, the North Street uh, location. And we, as of this morning, still had about 10 open meal slots to fill. That's a third of the month that we still have yet to cover for these guys. And I'm looking around this room, and I think we can get this thing covered. I mean, you guys have done this time and time again. You're awesome, and uh, uh, let's do it. Let's fill up all those slots. Uh, you can gather friends, family, and it's a great opportunity for you to invite some people who maybe aren't part of the church family or, or uh, don't know Jesus yet and say, hey, let's do this together. Let me show you what we're all about, helping people. So uh, please, please, let's fill those uh, open meal slots for the month of May. And uh, thanks for doing that. Uh, last week... Pastor Scott started us in a new sermon series about worry, titled Worry. (laughs) And since we are officially one week into this sermon series, we decided it's time to take a break from the series. And, uh, (laughs) but don't worry. (laughs) Pastor Scott will be back next week to continue the series. Thanks for laughing at that. Um, But today, uh, I've been asked to dive into something. uh, You know, for a few weeks, we've been talking about and promoting the fact that in two Sundays from today, that's May 7th, we are going to have a baptismal service right here in this room. Now, yeah, we could give a little golf clap for baptism. Yeah. Uh, We do this a couple times a year, and if you've never been to a baptism service here at Essex Lions Church, I encourage you, be here that day. Two weeks from today, May 7th, it is such a celebration. It's such an awesome time. Some of you have been baptized uh, here in this room today or even watching online, and you know how uh, special a day that is. And I'm going to, just speaking for myself, but I think I can speak for our pastoral staff, our, our staff and team that baptisms are just, they're just the best. It is the best day. And uh, to be able to witness or to even be in the water with someone who has said yes to following Jesus and to being baptized, it is such a privilege and a joy to be a part of that. And uh, I don't, I encourage you, be here on May 7th. It's going to be a real celebration. Both of our morning services, just a blast. So be here that day. Today, we are going to talk about baptism. Pastor Scott asked me, you know, we're two weeks away. Would you talk a little bit about baptism today? Matt, we're going to talk about what it is, why we do it, and who should be baptized. You know, baptism is one of the practices that every church pretty much and every denomination uh, practices. Yet, baptism is one of the more divisive things in the church. It divides churches and believers. The what, the why, the who, and the how, all those things divide churches. Do we baptize babies or adults? Do we sprinkle or do we dunk them all the way in? Uh, Does a priest have to be involved? Uh, Is it spontaneous and immediate, or is it more thought out and planned? All these things divide churches about how and what and why to do baptism. And I, I think that's a real shame. 
So today we're going to dig into some of these, uh, these things. And as we do, I just want you to know what I'm going to talk about and how I'm going to talk about it is the conviction of our denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. It's my personal conviction as one of your pastors. And um, it's how we think about and practice baptism and a lot of other Protestant evangelical churches as well. Think about and do baptism this way. But before we dive into all that, I want to show you two pictures. Now, wait, don't put them up yet. Two pictures. What I'm about to show you is a little awkward. It's a little embarrassing. So please, I'm showing you out of trust and love, and I hope you will reciprocate that trust and love to me as I show you these pictures. What you're about to see is 14-year-old me, the day I was baptized. Those nice, awkward teenage years. There, if you can't, haven't just figured out which one is me, it's the one with the real awkward smile standing in the middle and the, uh, the, the just horrible haircut. Um, so uh, that's, there's some kid I don't remember, Tanya, Cassie, me, Tyler, one of my best friends, and uh, another kid who I, I don't remember there on the day we were baptized. Um, it was a sunny day. Yeah, mild day in September, in the year 1999, 2000, somewhere in there, can't exactly remember, at Mountain Lake Bible Camp in Warren, Connecticut, I was baptized in a pond. Now, this was back in the days when churches, we did really fun things like drive 45 minutes away from the church and have a little picnic and everyone gets baptized in the pond. This was back in those days. And, and I remember there being a couple dozen of us getting baptized that day from middle school, high schoolers and adults. And we all lined up on the, uh, you know, sort of the shore of the lake there. And um, we were going down the line and everyone was supposed to share a little something, maybe a Bible verse that meant a lot to them or answer the question, why are you being baptized today? And I remember being really nervous about that part. I didn't like talking in front of people and you know, the haircut and everything. I didn't want to be in front of everyone. So uh, I was a little nervous about that. Uh, and I was also nervous, real nervous about the water temperature. I am a water wuss. And you can ask my wife, she will tell you, Matt is a water wuss. And uh, it's one of her big complaints against me. And uh, I was nervous about the water. I dipped my toes in. It was cold enough that I said, oh boy, this isn't going to be fun. But I'm up there. I can't, I can't not go in, right? So I just got to say, I got to suck it up and go. And uh, we were going in in groups of maybe three, four at a time into the water, all being baptized, coming out, and then the next group would go in. So it was our group's time to go. And I'm sitting there, I'm anxious, and the water's cold, and I don't want to go in. And I remember uh, our group's time came, and I locked in on Rob, who was our youth pastor and who was going to baptize me. I locked in on Rob, and I started walking in the water, and I remember not hesitating, not even thinking about the water temperature, and just going straight in uh, to the water, even when it got to the belly button, kept going. (laughs) And we got out there, and I waited my turn, and Rob, you know, calls me over, and He asked me a few questions there in the water. Do you believe Jesus died and rose to forgive your sins? Do you reject Satan and all of his works? Do you plan to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Well, then I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And dunk and come out, the hair just flowing behind me, and uh, then walked back out of the water. It was a special moment. It was a good day. You know, I grew up in a Catholic home, like some of you have. I was baptized as a baby. 
A few years before those pictures were taken and the day I was baptized, uh, I had gone through confirmation in the Catholic Church, gone through that process. Uh, my dad, who's very much uh, a devout Catholic and still is, uh, did not come to my baptism. He thought I was rejecting the church and joining some sort of cult or something. My mom was there, though. Now, in the years before that, I had made this faith my own. I had uh, started attending this other church. I was following Jesus in a new and real way. It was apart from my parents in a church I loved and was loved by and had really committed myself to this. And there was no hesitation in me to be baptized at that point in my life, even though I was baptized as a baby. And after that day, I went through some seasons in my life where I wasn't really following Jesus as closely as I was then, or I am now, some ups and downs, but there's nothing in me that said, Matt, you should be baptized again, because that moment when I articulated my faith and went into the water and came out of the water, that moment happened and was real, and there's no effectual reason to do that again. There's a lot of different thoughts and approaches when it comes to baptism. And as I said, baptism, uh, it has divided the church, how and why and who, for centuries upon centuries. Today, I want to dive into scripture and try to answer some questions about baptism, what it is, why we do it, and who should be baptized. So there's not going to really be a central verse we're working from because baptism is sprinkled all throughout scripture, but I do want to read two verses to set the stage as we start this discussion about baptism. The first of which comes from the gospel of Matthew. These are the last words of Jesus to his disciples. These are the words that Matthew in his story about Jesus, the words he leaves us with, the last taste in our mouths. And Jesus says this in Matthew 28. Jesus came to the disciples and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Second verse I want to just start with comes from Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has descended upon the disciples. They've gone out into the streets of Jerusalem. They're telling people about Jesus. And Peter has this epic sermon recorded in Acts chapter 2 about how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament and he's the Messiah. And it says 3,000 people became believers that day. So he gives this message and the people respond to it. Acts 2.37 says, when the people heard this, They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What do we do about this? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have two commands in scripture, both from God. Jesus tells his followers, go and baptize people. He commands his church to go and do baptisms. The second is the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter in Acts chapter 2, saying to new believers who've responded to the message of Jesus, be baptized. Two commands. The church, go and baptize. To new believers, be baptized. 
Now, baptism wasn't a new thing for Jesus and the disciples. They didn't invent it. In fact, baptism had been around for uh, thousands of years. It was an ancient practice. That's, its meaning sort of evolved over time. The Greek word that we get baptism from is a verb. It's baptizo. It really just means to immerse something in water to sink it under the water. That's all that word means. You could use it of uh, in military, you're gonna sink that ship, you would say you're baptized that ship. You sink it in the water. You, know, you could be cleaning a cup in the sink and you dunk it under the water. You, it's the same word. That's all it means, to immerse something in water. That's what that word means. And the practice of, of baptism did not originate with Christianity. In fact, it didn't originate even with Judaism from which Christianity grew out of. Baptism was a common practice in the ancient world. Every tribe and religious system in the ancient world, they had festivals and feasts and meals and and parades and things you would take part in. And uh, along with those things in those ancient uh, cultures, there came uh, came along uh, certain rituals to purify yourself in order to take part in those rituals, to cleanse yourself in order to participate. Uh, the good ones of us in this room, we wash our hands before we eat, right? Uh, I couldn't sit down for a meal at my house growing up without my dad yelling at me to wash my hands. So, you know, we wash our hands. It's not that far off of an idea. In the ancient world, um, ritual cleansing in a water source was required before participating in certain meals and festivals and rituals. People would gather into a big tank of water, maybe one at a time, maybe a few at a time, and the water would literally wash the dirt off of them. That's number one. But it would also signify something that they are now spiritually clean in order to participate in whatever was going on. The Jewish people of the Old Testament practiced these ritual cleansings as well, but uh, they wouldn't just do it for ceremonies. They took it to a new level. The Old Testament law has a lot of requirements and a lot of laws about what it means to be clean or pure in the eyes of God. And uh, along to, um, if a law was broken, one of those requirements, whether by accident or on purpose, like if you had to touch a dead body in order to bury that person, there was a cleansing process, a baptism process you had to go through in order to be able to go back and be around the people of Israel, be in the camp, they would say. For example, here's uh, Leviticus 17, verse 15. Anyone, whether native-born or a foreigner, who eats, who eats anything found dead or torn by wild animals must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be ceremonially unclean until evening, then they will be clean. This bathing process was a full immersion process. It was a baptism ritual. And you'd have to go through it, whether you touched a dead animal or a dead body, uh, sexual activity, having sores on your body, touching someone who had sores on their body, uh, childbirth. You'd have to go through a ritual cleansing, a baptism process in order to be seen as clean again in the eyes of God and to be able to be around other people who were also clean in the eyes of God. The Jews practiced baptism as a means of cleansing. But they also practiced baptism in two other important ways. The Levites, those were the members of the tribe of Levi, they were the priests. 
Their job was to take care of the temple, to offer the sacrifices, to do all that fun ritual stuff. No one else could be a priest unless you were part of the tribe of Levi. They were special in that way. And the Levites, they had these sacred duties to perform. And uh, in Leviticus chapter 16 in God's law, God says that the Levites need to bathe themselves, to cleanse themselves through a baptismal process before and after performing their sacred duties. Here's 16.4 from Leviticus. Uh, It says the Levite, the priest is to put on the sacred linen tunic, the linen honor garments, to tie the linen sash and the linen turban. These are the sacred garments, the priestly wear, so to speak. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. Baptism was practiced to cleanse, but it was also practiced for the Levites to set them apart for their sacred duties. The third way baptism was practiced by the Jewish people was for anyone who was converting to Judaism. Anyone from outside of the Israelites, the Gentiles, who said, I want to follow your God and be a part of your people. It was a process they had to go through. And part of that process was baptism. Now, that's not talked about in the Bible, but there are non-biblical sources and rabbinical writings that uh, talk about immersion in water as part of this process, along with circumcision for men of uh, becoming part of the covenant people of God, the people of Israel. Baptism was the door you had to go through to be in. To be baptized meant you belonged. Now, this history of baptism is important because it's our faith history as well as Christians, but it also gives us some terms in which to think about baptism today. Cleansing, setting apart, belonging. But like many things, there's, there's more than this, and Jesus comes along And he fulfills these things from the Old Testament and he's gonna redefine it for us today. You know, Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. It's a fitting name, which I think was awkward for John. Uh, In fact, when Jesus got in the water to be baptized by John, John was like, no, 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 (laughs) you should baptize me. I shouldn't be baptizing you, but he baptizes Jesus. In the days before that, before Jesus' baptism and before Jesus starts his public ministry, John began baptizing people. He was uh, preaching a message of repentance and baptizing people in the Jordan River. Now, this is not how baptism was supposed to be done. It wasn't random. It was done at certain times, at certain places, with certain people. It was, you know, much more ritual than this. But here comes John, this random guy, randomly baptizing people in the Jordan River. And the purpose of John's baptism was not ritual cleansing. It wasn't for the priests. It wasn't uh, about becoming part of the Israelites. John's message and the purpose of his baptism was about people turning away from their sins. Here's some words from Matthew chapter 3 about this. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Excuse me. John's baptism was different. It wasn't about ritual. It was about sin and about people confessing their sins, 
about people saying, yeah, you know what, I did this. And owning it and going in the water and saying, I'm done with that. I'm going to go a new way. I'm going to follow God in a real deeper way. John's baptism was about leaving something behind and doing something new. Following God in a deeper, truer way. But even though John's baptism was different, it still has kind of about those old things, about cleansing and setting apart and belonging. Cleansing from sin, being free of it and leaving it behind. Setting apart, living purposefully for God and God alone. And belonging, having a good relationship with God because your sin is gone. John's baptism was, yes, different from that old way, but it takes those old purposes and redefines them. Not to be about the ritual, not to be about what it looks like, but about the heart, about you, who you are, and what you do. Not the outward, but the inward. We're almost done with this history of baptism, answering the question what it is. Jesus and the disciples are going to define baptism even further for us. You know, we read those two commands a few minutes ago. Jesus telling his followers to go baptize people and the Holy Spirit through Peter telling new believers to be baptized. If you were to read through the book of Acts, the story about the early days of the church, you'll read a number of stories about people getting baptized about hearing the story of Jesus, believing, and then being baptized. There's the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. There's Lydia and the Philippian jailer, both in Acts chapter 16. And these stories. We read these stories in the New Testament of someone believing the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is the son of God who came, who died on the cross, rose from the grave, and saying, hey, I want to follow him. Then they get baptized. Not done as a ritual, not as a cleansing before a feast, and it's not even for repentance like John, but baptized following the death and resurrection of Jesus. So what do I mean by that? Well, let me read a couple more passages from the New Testament to give a little definition for this. Here's Romans 6, 3 and 4 which says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. And here's Colossians 2, 11 and 12. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It's death and resurrection. It's buried and raised. Think about that. Jesus was buried in the ground and then came up out of the ground. And in baptism, what do you do? You go under the water and you come up out of the water. Scripture says we are baptized into his death, buried with him through baptism. You went under the water just like Jesus went under the earth. Who you were before 
is buried. It's gone. You are also raised with him. Coming up out of the water like Jesus came up out of the earth. Made new and different. There's new life, resurrection. In the New Testament, baptism is not a ritual cleansing. It's not a priestly rite. It doesn't wash your sins away. It's just water. In the New Testament, baptism is the act of identifying yourself with the one you've chosen to follow and believe in. Jesus has done those things for you already. He's cleansed you from your sins. He's set you apart. Baptism doesn't do that. It's not magical, but it is special. It's you saying to yourself, to God, to everyone watching, I am made new by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Who I was before is gone. And who I am now is because of Jesus. His life is my life. Now to me that seems pretty simple. So why is baptism such a divisive issue for so many churches? Why do some churches baptize babies or sprinkle water instead of fully dunk people? Well, there's a number of reasons for that, and some of it's a matter of interpretation of the Bible, and some of it's just a matter of tradition. Uh, For example, some churches baptize babies because in uh, some of the stories we read of baptism in the book of Acts, a person will believe, and it says them and their whole household were baptized. Wife, kids, servants, everyone. Now, it doesn't tell us in those passages that the rest of the family heard and believed too. It just says the whole household was baptized. So some people baptize infants when use that to say, hey, this is legit. Some churches baptize infants because they believe to become saved by God, you have to officially be part of the church. And how do you officially become part of the church? By being baptized. It's the front door in. So they baptize babies to make sure, okay, this kid is, they're in, they're good. And then when that baby grows up, they go through a confirmation process, which they can say, hey, I was, I do believe this. This is my life. I was baptized. Some churches, including ours, we only baptize by full immersion, unless, unless that's just not possible for that person. Because we believe baptism is identification with the death and resurrection of Jesus, And when you're old enough to understand and articulate and say, I love Jesus, I want to follow him, then you go under the water like Jesus went under the earth, old self dead, come up out of the water, new self risen because of Jesus. Some of you, like me, were baptized as a baby. For me, Catholic Church. But what did that moment mean for me? Was I saved because of the faith of my parents to baptize their baby? I don't practice the Catholic faith anymore. Am I still saved because of that? So when I was a teenager and I I fully decided to follow Jesus, was doing that and doing it on my own, I was baptized by full immersion in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in that lake in Connecticut. And that means something because that was me. It is me. I really loved and I love Jesus. And that moment in my life was me saying to myself, to the church, to God, I am made new. This is me. Old self left down in the deep. New self risen. 
And that's why we baptize, because it means something. Baptism is the identity of the Christ follower. Who we were before is no longer, and who we are now is by him and for him. That means something. We also baptize because, well, Jesus told us to do it. So here, let's read those verses again that we started with. Matthew 28. Jesus says to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to his followers, go baptize people. That's a command. It's not negotiable. He says, do it. So we do it. And new believers are commanded to be baptized. Again, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter to the crowds. And all those people believed. And what, is, uh, what does the Holy Spirit say to them? He says, repent and be baptized. God says, be baptized. Do it. And when God says something, it's usually a good idea to do that thing. Baptism is an act of obedience. You know, we don't do a lot of ritual things in our particular expression of the church. We don't do a lot of them. So baptism is kind of one of those things that seems a little odd, right? It's kind of ritualistic. You go in the water, you come up. It's, it's kind of odd. But God says to do it. And I think when we obey God, whether it's through baptism or however else we might obey him, God meets us in our obedience. And that's very simply why we do it. This is not an arbitrary thing. It's not a performative ritual. It's special. It's an act of obedience in which God meets us as we declare, I am made new. This is me. So that's why we do it. Out of obedience, knowing and trusting that God meets us in this special act. And we do it to declare who we are because of him. Who I was is dead, buried with Jesus in the grave, and the person who has come up out of the water is new and forgiven and loved and whole because of Jesus. You know, I've had the absolute privilege of being able to baptize a number of people in my life. I've been able to baptize friends. I baptized students who are part of my ministry when I was doing youth ministry. I've baptized some of you in this room. And without fail, <laughs> when that person comes up out of the water, the expressions of joy, the smiles, the laughing, the tears, the hugs, the throwing the arms in the air in victory, it is all of it. Oh, there is nothing sweeter than that moment to me. Without fail, no matter how nervous how anxious that person is of being up in front of people or no matter how much they hate the cold water, how awkward they feel when they go in and come up out of the water, it all melts away. And I can see it written on their faces. God is there. God has met them in that moment. God is at work. And that moment is special for every single person I've ever had the privilege to baptize. This is real. It's meaningful. 
because God is with you in it. As you say to the world, this is me. I am made new. I'm gonna have the worship team come back up and in a second they're gonna lead us in one more song. My last question for us is who? Who should be baptized? Now, I think the answer should be pretty clear by now. (laughs) Who should be baptized? Well, anyone and everyone who has said yes to following Jesus. If you can say, I love Jesus, he has made me new, you should be baptized. If your identity is that your old self is buried and your new self is risen because of him, you should be baptized. If you are all in with Jesus, you should be baptized. Why not? Why not now? In two weeks, we're going to baptize people right here on this stage. Some of you in this room are already signed up to do that. If you love Jesus and follow him and you haven't been baptized, why not? Why wait? There's no better time than now. God says, do it. It's special, it's meaningful, it's your identity. And it's a chance to experience God through this special moment in your life that you can always point to and say, I was baptized. I am made new. Who I was is buried. Who I am is alive. You know, Jesus will never not have died on the cross. He will never not have raised from the grave. And when you are baptized, you will never not have been baptized. Identifying yourself with him totally. Death and resurrection. So we're gonna sing one more song and then I'm gonna come back up and close with a couple words. During this song, I'd wanna throw this out to you. Those of you who have been baptized, take this time to reflect on that moment, what it meant and what it still means and what your life is like because of Jesus. And for those of you who believe but haven't been baptized yet, ask yourself the question, why not? What's stopping me? And what would it mean for you to follow Jesus into the waters of baptism in two weeks? And for those of you who don't believe yet, you're not quite sure if you're in, you're still exploring, Take this time to think about Jesus, who he is, what he did, and what your life could be like with him. So would you stand, church, as we sing this song? Would you lead us, team? Here you go. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a force.
perfect submission all these
guys can grab a seat for just another sec. I won't be long. I promise. Scott always gets mad at me when I'm not long. <laughs> uh, uh, we just sang those words. This is my story. Baptism is our story. That we have died to who we were and what we thought and what we believed in and what we wanted. And because of Jesus, we are raised to new life with new priorities and with a new eternity ahead of us. That is our story. And baptism is that story. You know, we, we don't believe baptism is some sort of cleansing ritual. Baptism doesn't make you clean. Jesus does. And baptism symbolizes that you are clean because of Jesus. Baptism does not set you apart. Jesus does. And baptism symbolizes that you have been set apart by him and for him. Uh, baptism does not make you a Christian. Jesus does. And baptism symbolizes that you belong to the God's people through your faith. Baptism doesn't forgive your sins. Jesus does. And baptism symbolizes that you have the forgiveness that you've received by him. Baptism does not give you new life. Jesus does. And baptism symbolizes that your old self is dead and your new self is risen with him. Baptism is the story and the identity of the Jesus follower. Old self dead, new self risen with him. So here's the deal. I do not want you to miss out. As soon as we pray and you walk out, there's an opportunity for you, for anyone considering, should I be baptized? to sign up to have a conversation with one of our elders or team members. At both campuses here and at North Avenue at the info desk, there's a seat you, she, uh, sheet you can sign up on. And here at our Essex campus, there are some people right now who are available to have that conversation with you. It won't take more than 10 minutes, but they're here now. Don't miss the opportunity. North Avenue, we're going to do baptisms in a, down the road a little bit, not too long. But sign up for a conversation there as well. Don't miss out on the opportunity. If that's you, old self gone, new self here, be baptized. Follow Jesus into those waters and declare who you are because of him. Why not now? There's no reason not to be. And there's so many reasons to be. I urge you, don't let this moment pass you by. Stop at the info desk, talk to someone, have that conversation. So in two weeks, you can go in the water and come on out and say, I am made new. I'm looking forward to that. I hope you're here that day. Would you stand as we, uh, as we close in prayer? God, thanks for the opportunity. Hopefully that ringing bell gives us all a sense of urgency about being baptized, the alarm going off, ready to go. 
Thanks for the opportunity to say to ourselves, to you, and to our church family, yes, family, that we are made new by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And through faith, we have taken hold of that story in our own lives so that we can live differently now and live forever in your presence. As we walk to the baptismal waters in a couple weeks, Lord, we pray for a joyous celebration in this room. And for those of us who are gonna be in that tank, God, we know you will meet us there in the joy and the hope and the, the opportunity for a new life because of you. And as we go from this place today, God, for all of us who have been baptized, would you remind us of our identity in you and the truth of what we did that day, whenever it was, and who we are because of it. For those of us who don't believe yet, who are not quite sure, or not in, God, help us to remember you and not just push these things aside, but to really consider what it is you did on that cross, rising from the dead, and who you are now in this world because of it, and what life could look like with you. And for those of us considering whether or not we should be baptized, I pray, Lord, that you would nudge us in that direction so we can experience you and know you and show ourselves in the world who we are because of you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for this day. We go from this place in peace and joy in your presence, praising you in the name of your son and our savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, church. Be blessed. Have a great day. Stay dry. Amen.